Hey everyone, welcome back to The Complex. Today, we hear Sam's storm story entitled Parent Brain, in which despite doing everything all of the experts say, Sam is still having an epic storm. James and I discuss what to do when all of the best techniques aren't quite working. Plus, James hints at a second book in the works around exactly this topic. If you'd like to submit a story or find out more about James's techniques, go to jamesochoa.com. I hope you enjoy this storm entitled Parent Brain. I'm writing this story in the hopes of finding suggestions and solutions for myself as well as for others, as I am sure that there are many just like me experiencing the same challenges. I was diagnosed with ADHD at age 44. Since that time, I have implemented many tools and strategies to help me to thrive in a world built for the neurotypical. I started taking medication two years ago. This, along with ADHD coaching, helped me a lot. All was going well until six months ago, when my elderly father was diagnosed with cancer. This situation exacerbated his confusion and mild memory loss. What should have been a fairly uncomplicated course of treatment was fraught with complications. My dad and our family have been on a vicious roller coaster ride, suspended in a constant state of wait and see. While he has received excellent care, we wind our way through the rounds of doctor's appointments, tests, assessments, and the sheer logistics of helping a parent to navigate, quote, the system. Since then, my ADHD symptoms have become worse. I am far more distractible and irritable. I am beyond overwhelmed and feel caught like a deer in headlights by decision fatigue, and the simplest decision can feel monumental. I have always been sensitive to extraneous noise and cannot bear to hear more than one person talk at once. At times I feel like it's Christmas time in Whoville, that scene in which the Grinch plugs his ears saying, all oh, the noise, 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 describes me. I have no short-term memory now. I've stopped using social media as I find it very overwhelming, and I have a lot of difficulty comprehending email messages, like extracting important information from big, blocky paragraphs, and following threads has become a challenge. My friends have told me that I have conversational whiplash, and that at times it is hard to follow my conversation. Now, can you imagine how difficult it would be for my father to follow my runaway trains of thought? Since my diagnosis, I have developed some strong coping strategies. I have adapted a very healthy lifestyle, including a good diet, regular exercise, and daily meditation. I use post-it notes, alarms, and various apps on my phone as external cues. I work at home and have learned to make and use work plans to help stay on track. In one of my coaching sessions, I learned to externalize my thoughts by writing them down and using a dictation program. I try to combat the decision fatigue by planning menus and organizing outfits for work on Sundays. I have a space near my front door in which I leave the items I need to take with me. I won't forget them as I practically trip on them on the way out. Additionally, I have used many of the strategies shared in Focused Forward and on podcasts. My emotional safe place and my means of getting to it are a thing of beauty. Many people think that I have it all under control but oh, if they only knew. My family, friends, and employer have all been incredibly supportive. I'm truly grateful for that. 
I have always been very independent and do not want to impose my ADHD struggles on others. I know that it is my responsibility to do all that I can to get along in a big, messy, disruptive, noisy world. I want to do my best to help as much as I can, to do my fair share so that my father will be able to enjoy an excellent quality of life with plenty of dignity and free of pain. I'm sure that there are many 50-somethings out there with ADHD who are caring for elderly parents. I'm hoping that you can offer some coping strategies. I hope that sharing my storm story will help others. Again, thank you so much for all the good work that you do. So James, this seems like a very experienced ADHD navigator. Yes, that's a great way to put it. Yes. And yet, it still happens. Yes. It's still, she still gets thrown into all kinds of different storms. This particular one around her father and right. trying to prioritize and, and sequence everything that's happening with, right. with the mess that is the medical industry. So, my main question and the question I will open up with is once you have mastered all of the techniques, all the strategies, all the coping mechanisms that all of the best ADHD experts tell you about, where do you go from there? Because obviously that isn't quite enough, right? Right. And, um, uh, you know, I spoke on the last podcast about uh, the ideas of intervention fatigue. And in this case, we have uh, ADHD lifetime fatigue, I think. Yeah. Um, it's funny because my writing coach and editor, Robin, uh, she talks about this as when the shiny wears off. Mm. When you know everything you need to know when, mm-hmm. and the interest and the shininess and all the intrigue and the things I can learn that make me really interesting. It's like, okay... It's not that it's getting boring, but yeah. it's not really completely enough because what do I it's do still now? in storm. Like yeah. um, but this story is very unique in that um, it, it's incredible the functionality of all the systems and the strategies mm-hmm. this individual has. But uh, And that's an enormously powerful statement to begin with. They have stabilized their life with the diagnoses. And I really couldn't have thought maybe of a better story that would really uh, highlight much of what I have seen for at least the past 20 years um, that the storms people were going through was not going away. Yeah. And as a professional counselor, I was what I was tasked with, okay, what do we do now? You know, when, when we know what we need to do and we didn't even have these uh, significant strategies even right. 20 years ago, but that's what I started on. And so I do say that the emotional and mental storms of this, they do not go away. You yeah. learn to navigate them and manage them. But, yeah. you know, I, I could, it'd be very interesting for me to write an ongoing blog about my storms that, you know, <laughs> sometimes continue happen to happen every daily, day. <laughs> little bitty hiccups, uh, yeah. those kind of things. But, you know, um, I meditated today. Uh, you know, I've took a short nap. I've done a number of things that, mm-hmm. to take care of myself. Um, so... Yes, it doesn't go away, and that's one of the big challenges. Right. And so looking at the the kind of practical way of how to move forward when you find yourself not – when you find the shiny wearing yes. off. Right. Um, 
how do you just go back to the things that you've done in the past? Do you personalize it more? Do you try and make well, it more shiny? How well, what do you Okay, so yes. What are you no. looking for? Okay. You do keep using the ones that you're using. I would say in this case for this individual uh, with the initial Sam um, is that this person needs to look at uh, their ideas of mindfulness and meditation and have they built what I would call as a relationship with meditation mm. where you can use guided meditations that I say are weird, strange, or unusual that really grab your attention. Yeah. Okay. That may help with these kind of disruptions. Um, you also can use kind of a, um, a meditation where you guide yourself and you teach yourself how to do that or use contemplative meditation. And I've used those. So I would think deepening her ability to manage yeah. meditation and those kind of things could be helpful so as one piece. Is it almost that... You need to. You almost need to like ramp up your your strategies with the storm as it's ramping up, because yes, it's that's a, a, that that's kind of like a right. Uh, but when your strategies, when, you, when you're ramping up your strategies and your strategies, like you're are, doing them more often. Like is is it just about doing it more often? Is it just about like I would say having deeper. higher. I would what say you deepening your strategies. Deepening. Okay, so deepening would mean with mindfulness and meditation, you're you're using different kinds of meditation. Ones okay. that might be specifically for this kind of grief related aspect or mm -hmm. anxiety. So meditations that are very specific to the issues you're going through. Right. Uh, this person is in a sandwich generation mentality, which is they're taking care of elderly parents and they have their own children, mm. and. I went through that, certainly in raising y'all with my parents and their demise. That's the aspect of this is you get sandwiched or you get... But it does seem like she she at least has other extraneous like well, things sure. in her life but other you were than saying, her father. You know, so it's, it's deepening. And deepening yeah. to me means with mindfulness and meditation, using different ones at different times. The other key, key elements on meditation is... Um, and we can get this blog, I think we put it on maybe one of our other podcasts on mindfulness, um, is that are called micro meditations in slow motion. Micro meditations, I would want this person to start meditating one to three minutes throughout their day. Do it like 20 to 30 times per, uh, yeah. during a high stress Sure, you certainly thing, could yeah. because if you look at even 30, 20 times a day at three minutes, it's only 60 minutes of right. meditation. But these are little micro meditations that rebalance and insulate you from that kind of stress mm. and recenter you. Yeah. Um, and slow motion is just slowing your actions down by, say, 25% in what you're doing, washing dishes, whatever, uh, that gives you more of a contemplative, curious approach to this. So that's one thing that a person can do with this kind of a storm or these kind of issues going on. Do those meditations... Can somebody expect those meditations to completely reset them from the storm? I wouldn't say completely. They will calm and recenter them because in this case, sometimes the storm doesn't necessarily go away. So mm. I have a lot Because of, the storm is based on external circumstances, right. like and a father with cancer. Or yeah. I'm waiting on medical testing or there's yeah. a lot of uncertainty I can't get rid of. And so here's the other aspect that I would really want this person to work on is deepening their spiritual sense of kind of how they make sense of the world. Okay. If you okay. look at spirituality yeah. 
as I define it and focus forward, it's... And how we've talked about it in past podcasts. Exactly. So that you've got this ability to make sense of your a personal meaning in your daily living. Right. Well, this person deepening their sense of spirituality could be uh, developing uh, more resources in their mental support group. Mm. That would conceptually be... Can you explain um, the mental support group just for sure. whoever might and so know? So the mental support group are things like uh, uh, individuals in your mind's eye, in your imagination, that you actually feel resource from, like um, a, a great mentor or a teacher mm-hmm. or um, some something that, you know, a... Do you actually talk with that person? You certainly can. You don't have to, though, No, you don't have to. Okay. But in your imagination, you can tell them what kind of help you need and what kind of support mm. that you need. And it's a little bit like a imaginary way of journaling. If you think about okay. writing in a journal in some ways. But yeah. So deepening your spiritual resources of kind of how you make sense of life and death is going to be important. Now, the other piece that I would see here is that this may very well also step into a counseling element around grief and aging parents that doesn't have anything to do with ADHD, but it couples with it. Right. And so if you can treat also the aspect of aging parents and what that means for this individual, and they can seek help specifically with people, social workers who work with elderly or Mm -hmm. know how hard that is, that kind of counsel specifically in these kinds of arenas at this time can really help to uh, dissipate some of the stress that comes from Well, and that's really good to know because, you know, we've pretty much throughout Shiny Shorts have been talking about the creation of storms from the individual themselves. Right. Right. And and from the individual's ADD itself, not necessarily from alternate disorders or alternate like emotions that are happening right or external circumstances circumstances. and so well even even like you know she it seems like she had very um strong coping mechanisms and strategies around her adhd um but since this massive you know thing with her dad having cancer started she might have started into a grief cycle which then would spin off her adhd and that would start creating an eds storm that she has never 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 encountered per se well that's what happens that's exactly it and so this is why developmentally throughout your life it's important to keep adding to and seeking support Mm. where you can um, the other thing, though, that I want to mention here in the idea of deepening, I said about spirituality and some of those kind of things, but uh, in the emotional safe place, there's a concept I call video editing, where you're making changes that feel resourceful or very meaningful to you. Mm-hmm. So uh, you might install a whirlpool. You might install a beautiful uh, river you know, through the middle of your safe place that feels more tranquil or more uh, calming to you. But you can make changes in your imagination, in your emotional safe place to help deepen your connection to it. In those changes, I like to say you're personalizing your imagination and your emotional safe place. And that personalizing does create a different level of safety. And the last thing I would say about emotional safe place is being able to carry uh, a process or a thought of it with you throughout your day. I use the example of like if I have a great oak tree that I pass every day and I've got a great oak tree in my emotional safe place. Every Mm. time I see that oak tree, 
reminds me of my emotional safe place. You're grounded in things in your life that yeah. you know you'll pass. You kind of take it with yeah. you. So okay. resourcing more often in meaningful ways that is deepening the connection with that kind of resource to calm yourself internally. But you're right. We can't predict where these external circumstances in life are going to come from. Right. Um, but ramping up or... It's just know, about how you adapt to it at that yes. sense. And you need to have... Basically, you almost need to have strategies to adapt, right? Like your strategies can't be stagnant. They can't be subject to, uh, you know, things in the external world affecting them greatly. Well, right. And so I like to think about them as evolving, mm. organically living. Mm -hmm. It's like a living element inside me. It's kind of how I see my imagination. It's changing with you as it's you're It's changing yeah. with me and I'm adding to it and I'm evaluating it in a way that's meaningful to me. I'm right. constantly building that connection to myself. And that's a lot of what is going on with this individual. They've got to deepen a connection to themselves and expand those kind of resources possibly seeking counseling from the uh, areas that are specifically related to elderly yeah. uh, parents in grief, which is just, you know, when people are passing away or people are, and not in this case, this person is working on healing. Mm. Um, but when that happens, we have our own what's called mortality reflection. Mm -hmm. We see our own death in ways that are not easy to handle sometimes. But if you don't have resources for understanding that part of yourself, it can really be unsettling. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I think the major thing that I'm taking away from this story is that the emotional storms that everybody with ADHD feels can come from anywhere. It doesn't have to come yeah. from your ADHD. It can yeah. come from any aspect of your life that that starts to throw you into a spin, right? And so, you know, no matter how much treatment of your ADHD you do, you'll inevitably end up having storms, no matter what. Well, you will. You will. And I think yeah. that uh, because that inevitability is there, the ability to continually add to your resources, I think, is a key element of this. But in this case, it's because when those external things happen, even the strategies that you use for ADHD become less effective or they're right. not quite all they could be. But Or it drops off or something like that. It's also important to have a pot of support if this person mm -hmm. doesn't. Other people diagnosed with ADHD who understand it. Other friends who have elderly parents yeah. uh, that they could be supported by as well. The other question I had is in this um, kind of scenario where you know that you have really good strategies, you have been managing your ADHD really, really well, something comes along, completely throws you off. How do you not get discouraged that your ADHD strategies aren't right anymore? Like, how do you not just throw the whole bag out the window and say, well, I guess it didn't work? <laughs> well, great. So now, now, now I have the $10 million question in yeah. front of me. Uh, which is what happens in my own life. Okay, I've been dealing with my uh -huh. ADHD for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Uh, Have you ever thrown the bag out the window? Uh, yeah, for some periods of time. <laughs> it's more of a reset model of like, okay, screw it. I got to yeah. just back out of here for a minute and stop everything. Yeah. Um, th that's, and that's theoretical. But those are things we go through in these models of kind of resetting. Yeah, right. but, so what does a person do? 
the best way I could tell you, this is a, this is going to be centric to Austin, Texas. There's a okay. deal here about you know keep Austin weird. Right. Um, I just get weird, meaning I <laughs> do something different and unusual that can help resource me. So yeah. in this case, uh, this person might take an entire day off and go somewhere. Um, to a spa or go watch a movie if they've never done that, you know, on their own that they've always wanted to see. Yeah. You know, you nurture yourself, but gotcha. you get, you get different. You got to jump outside that box to look at what kind of resources you have. Yeah. And yes. And I, that could also, could that be something like just kind of pulling yourself away for a minute, going into the bathroom and just like making stupid faces in the, oh, in the sure, mirror and then not? just being like, like let it all out. And then just be like, okay, Time to go back. I've heard all kind of weird things, and sure, that could work for yeah. some people. You all know, right. I will take I will take jacuzzi baths uh, that are deeply meditative for yeah. me. I will listen listen to very connective music for me. Mm. But I just get outside the box, and that box is constantly changing because yeah. there is no box, right? We we with ADHD, we're yeah, never, yeah. we we've never been in a box. We live inside the universe, <laughs> right. as we say. Um, but it is. It is a challenge, and I will tell you, it's what's kept my passion uh, going and treating and working with this now going on, gosh, my um, uh, 30th year this month, wow. August 17th, wow. is when I started working. Um, well, uh, it's it's. I think it's a good fight to keep fighting. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's important. There's a lot of it's, folks to help, and this yeah. podcast is reaching people in, what, 32 countries now? Something like that. We've almost at 23,000 listens. Yeah. Please tell your friends about this. I really want this to get yeah. out to everyone diagnosed with ADHD because I'm trying to make it as practical and pragmatic as possible. And there's a reason we're giving all this out for free, yes. essentially, you know, because we want to I make help. sure people know. I really want yeah. people to get good help for ADHD that's real, that's something you can take and do something yeah. with and make sense of. Yeah. Uh, and so those are all the things I'm working on developing next year. Uh, to have more connection uh, to this ongoing kind of work of research and information that I'm doing on yeah. kind of how to navigate the storms of uh, of ADHD. I, awesome. I still like to think of everyone who's read Focus Forward is listening to this podcast that they're my TLIC storm team members. Yeah. Okay. That they, yeah. we're all learning to navigate these storms. We could make a little club. Because I even <laughs> thought of the t-shirt, yeah, right? Yeah. Powerfully navigating ADHD 24-7-365. Yeah. yeah. Right? All right. So. Well, if any of you want to get your friends involved, get your family involved, there are a ton of resources that you can share from James, one of which is this podcast. All of the others you can find on his website, tlec.info or jamesochoa.com. What were you going to say? Like things like my video education oh, yes. series, my book, uh, other Your things that blogs, are going to be coming up, my blog. A bunch of just, anyway, di- yeah. Uh, it's just good information across yeah. the board, and I'm so excited it's getting out there. Awesome. Well, thank you again for a great episode, James. Absolutely. And we will see everyone, or sorry, hear Here, everyone, everyone next, next month. month. <laughs> <laughs>